Two weeks ago, we started the series in this season of Easter called Life Assurance. And we turn to the first of our two readings today as we continue in that series. And we turn to some of the words of Isaiah, who says this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Second reading comes from the first letter of John, chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the anointing sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now by this, we may be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not obey his commandments is a liar, and in such a person the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person the love of God has reached perfection. By this we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. In these particular moments, in this time together, we ask that you bless us, O oh God. Bless us with what you would have us hear. Bless us with what you would have us know. Bless us with how you would have us live. Bless us with yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So two weeks ago, we began reading the first letter of John together. It's not a long letter, so, so if you haven't read it, it's a quick read. We began reading the first letter of John. And you might think of it as an Easter letter, an Easter letter. It just, it, it reeks of resurrection because John is the kind of person that believes Easter is not just meant for one Sunday out of the year, but is instead meant to be lived every single day. It's an Easter letter. And last week he, he kicked off this Easter letter by, by talking about 
life and beginning this long list of what we believe has and will become a list of things that we can be assured of in this resurrection Easter life. Things to lift us up. As Martin Luther put it last week, this is a letter that can buoy up even the most afflicted of hearts. And John began last week with that great phrase as he gave us his first assurance on his list. He said, God is light. That one we know so well. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And so he's saying assurance number one, we are assured of light. And if we're assured of light, John says, then we should live like it. We should, like him, try to live as if every single Sunday or every single day is Easter Sunday. Assurance number one. So today he moves into another assurance. He starts talking about why he writes these, these letters, there are three, why he writes these things, he says. I write these things so that you may know that you have an advocate. You know, someone who will stand up for you, someone who's in your corner, someone who will go to bat, even when you can't find it in yourself to go to the plate yourself. An advocate, so that you may know you have an advocate. And then in verse 3, he says this. He says, this we, so that we may be sure that we know him. This is how we may be sure that we know. He uses the Greek word gnosko, which means to know. It's not an uncommon word in the New Testament, but the way John uses it in this letter here is a little more rare. He uses two of the same words back to back, to know, to know, with an article in between. And, and what that is, is it's a Greek way of giving double emphasis to something, basically saying this is something that is not just normal, but very, very important to know, to know. He's basically saying, I want you not just to know, I want you to really, 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 really know that you know. In other words, he's giving us assurance number two, that we are assured of knowledge. Not just any kind of knowledge, of course. In Jesus Christ, we are assured of the knowledge of God. We are assured of knowing God. Now, there's two kinds of knowing, or at least two kinds of knowing we'll point out to. The first kind of knowing is the kind when, you know, you read about something and you pull in information about something. You become aware of it. Sure, I, I know about that. That's that kind of knowing. That's the first one. The second kind of knowing is the kind of knowing where you've actually done it and just read about it. You've done it. You've got an experience of it yourself. You've begun somewhat of a, a kind of relationship with it so that you can talk about your own experience around this particular subject. You've not just read about it, you've done it more than once. So you really know it for real. For example, you can read about skydiving all you want, but you don't really know it until you've done it. I mean, you could read so much that you convince someone else that you are the top expert on skydiving. But until you've done it, 
Let's just say you're going, let's say you're going skydiving. Let's say you're going, you're doing it, going to do it. And it's your first time. And you're riding up in the airplane and your heart, little heart's just beating with excitement or maybe cardiac arrest. We don't know the difference sometimes. And the plane's going up. How would you feel, how would it make you feel if the instructor, because it's your first time, you're attached to an instructor, right? They're not just going to let you do something dumb, because if you're not doing something dumb already, you're attached to an instructor, and, and what is, how would it make you feel if right before you jump, they look at you with all the joy in the world and they say, I can't wait. You're my very first student. <laughs> wait, what? What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did you? What? Do you really know what you're doing? Right? Sure they know. They're certified. They've done this. But I'm the first, you know, I, am I going to survive this day? These are the, there's knowing and there's really knowing. In his letter, John is talking about this second kind of knowing, the knowing that comes with doing. And he spends the bulk of his time in these letters talking about knowing by doing, knowing God in this way, right? In fact, in our reading today, he says, whoever says that I have come to know God but do, does not obey his commandments is lying. They haven't come to know God. They've become aware of God. They've heard about God, read about God, but aren't trying to live it. So they only partially know what he's saying. They're lying. They're deceiving themselves, as John would put it. A couple of verses later, he says something he says it the same way in a different way. He says, those who say that they're walking in the light but continue to hate others are actually walking in the darkness still. But those who love others are walking in the light. They know it. They're living it. And just read about it. They live it out every single day. In other words... If you're not trying to follow Christ in your own life, you don't really know Him. Oh, you might be able to spout off all kinds of stuff all day long. You might be able to dazzle us with all kinds of scriptures about God, but do you really know God? You might be able to get all the facts straight, but have they sunk their teeth into your heart? Do they shape the very center of your being? This is what John wants to know. As one commentary puts it for John, just as it is for the Old Testament prophets like Isaiah, knowing God can only be assured through obedience to God. As New Testament professor Moody Smith puts it, he says, he says there's kind of an existential reassurance that happens when testimony believed is acted upon. When testimony believed is acted upon. You can't 
really know Christ until you try to follow Christ. In this sense, doing is synonymous with knowing. A couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of attending an annual luncheon for a group in Dallas called Volunteer Now. They, it's a large organization that, and every year they recognize certain people in the community. They happen to be recognizing a friend of ours, John Cuellar, that day. So it was a joy to be there. But what made me think about that luncheon is the speaker. It was kind of a treat. They had a, uh, they had a, a American gymnast, uh, Mary Lou Retton, came and spoke to the group. And as some of you know, uh, in 1984, she became the first female American gymnast to ever win Olympic gold. And she did it by scoring a perfect 10 on the vault. And it was so close, if you recall that year or have read about it, it was so close that anything less, a 9.999999 to infinity would have lost her. It had to be a 10, and she, she nailed it and won Olympic gold. And so she talks in this, in this luncheon about that experience and growing up and, and how it kind of, how she got to that place and the barriers and the hurdles, not just within herself, but where she was from and the kind of gymnast she is. She was a different kind of gymnast than they'd had previously and all kinds of things. And, and, but, you know, you'd hear is an inspirational speech, but you could tell that she's told this millions of times. It had that routine feel to it with one exception and that's when she began to talk about her coach. Her coach is, was that she had is a man by the name of Bella Caroli who has become heralded as probably the best gymnast coach to ever have lived and to hear her talk about him the tone changed, her mood changed, the feel of the room changed. She looked out at the group and she said, I will tell you, I have never met someone as inspirational and motivational as him. There is simply no one else on the planet like him. I will never forget the first time he came up to me. And she talked about it as if it had happened five minutes ago. It just had that air to it. She said, I was doing a competition and he was doing what coaches done. He'd just come over from Romania, but we all knew who he was. Everyone that was anyone who knew this stuff knew who he was. And, and he was there and, and I was competing and I remember he came up to me out of the blue and he looked at me and he said, you have what it takes if you will allow me to work with you, I will make you a champion. I looked at him and he said, and I said, you know I'm from Virginia, right? But even as she spoke about that moment, you could tell that there was something in the sound of his voice, something in the look of his eyes, and the, the feel of his presence that screamed out, I don't just know. I know. I don't just read about this stuff. I live it. And if you're willing to join me in this, you will learn to live it too, to know it. To know it. 
That's the kind of concept that John is trying to get across to us today. He's trying to say, I don't just know. I know. I, I don't just read about Jesus Christ. I, I live Christ. I try to pattern my life after the life of Christ. And I am inviting you, he says, to join me in doing that exact same thing. How often, how much do you try to live your own life in the way of the life of Christ? How much? You know that's, you know that's why you're here, right? You, you get, that's, did you know that? That's, that's why we're here. We are here so that slowly but surely we might come to know Jesus, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, in our hands, in our feet, in our soul, in the, from the to, to the very tips of our toes. You know what church is like? Church is like a steak sitting in marinade where it slowly starts to seep in, even when sometimes you don't recognize that that's what's actually going on. We are being marinated in the faith. It's a slow soak. You can go out and read all you want about Jesus in a book, and you should, you should. It is an important part of it, but if you are not praying with others, if you are not serving and giving with others, if you're not learning with others, if you're not listening with others, if you're not suffering with others, you don't really know Him. Not really. Let me tell you, if you keep coming here, if you keep worshiping here and praying here and serving here and struggling here and questioning here, you keep spending time here with other people doing the exact same thing. John is telling us that eventually, slowly but surely, you won't just know Christ here. You'll know Christ here. This we can be assured of. Count on it.